Hello and welcome back to another week of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, the founder of global K-beauty platform Style Story and your guide to everything you need to know to jump full on into the world of Korean beauty. And that is exactly what we are going to be doing this week. Uh, As you know, our Tuesday episodes are all about the latest and greatest. We're talking headlines, product launches, the newest reviews, product of the week. Uh, That is what today's episode is all about. All about, but before we jump into this week's headlines, I just want to give you guys a heads up that Jellyco's newest product, one that we've been working on for about a year and a half, is about to launch. Uh, and what I want to do is give you guys an exclusive offer if you are interested in getting your hands on it. We have a waiting list uh, that is uh, going up basically on our website at the moment. I will have a link to that in our show notes. And what we will do is everyone who is on the waiting list for the new product launch, we will have an exclusive offer just for you when the product launches. So keep your your eyes out, your ears out, because we are literally just a few really, really close. I'm not going to say how many days because I don't want to jinx it, but we are so, so close to launching. So if you are interested in seeing what it is, what it's all about, then make sure that you are on the list. And I would love to have uh, a special offer just for you to thank you, of course, for your support. All right. Now look into this week's news headlines. And the first one I had for you guys is not strictly K-beauty related, but I know it will be relevant for a lot of our listeners, and that is that the Korean government has recently updated the visa-free entry list. So if you have been trying to get to Korea uh, for, you know, the last couple of years since the pandemic broke out, you may know that as of March 2020, there was a whole bunch of countries that basically went on to a list where they temporarily suspended visa-free entry. Uh, so, you know, you basically couldn't come to Korea. And as of Friday, the 1st of April 2022, 46 countries are being removed from that list. Uh, Some of those countries include Australia and Canada. So what that means is you will be able to come to Korea. You will need to apply for a visa at the moment to do that. So back in the day, you used to pretty much be able to just rock up uh, and they would give you like a 90 day tourist visa for most countries. That is not the case now. You will need to apply for a visa, but the good news is that that will be possible. Uh, Applications I have heard, check with your local consul or embassy, but I know for Australia, applications will be possible from the 31st of March. You will be able to apply for your visa to Korea. So if you have been thinking about coming, if you have been waiting for this news, uh, it is it is official. Uh, they will be removing the visa-free entry for a, a whole bunch of different countries. So go and check that out if that was you. Uh, now, the other big thing that hit the headlines this week was an analysis of Korea's cosmetic imports and export performances. Uh, and here's some mind-blowing figures for you guys. Korea's cosmetic exports last year totaled, wait for it, 
$9.225 billion. That was the largest ever, and it was a 21.8% year-on-year increase. So that is truly mind-boggling in terms of the amount of products, I guess, that Korea is putting out in the world. Back in 2017, that figure was around $4.966 billion. So it is a lot bigger. Uh, and the top five countries that Korea is exporting all of these products to include China, the U.S., Japan, Vietnam, and Russia. And basically this analysis was just sort of going through, you know, all the different countries, the amounts that were exported to them, uh, and, you know, talking about the trends. So what they were saying was that among these five countries that are the top, I guess, receivers of Korean beauty products, Korean cosmetics, all of them have seen a growth except Hong Kong. So Hong Kong had quite a dramatic decline in the amount of products that it was importing. Uh, The figure fell about 18.7% so year on year. So that is in stark contrast to pretty much all the other countries where they actually grew. So China accounts for 53.2% of all Korea's cosmetic exports. So big, big, big destination for Korean beauty products, obviously. Uh, The US US got a a cosmetic products to the value of about $843 million, and that was an increase on uh, year on year of 31.5%. Japan also trending up as well. So I just thought some of those figures are truly mind boggling. This is a big, big industry, in case you didn't realize uh, the kinds of figures that we're talking about here. You know, this is not just a fluffy little thing that, you know, people have a bit of fun with in their bathrooms. This is a big business. Uh, Obviously, there are a lot of them people on the ground here working in this industry to keep everything running from, you know, the manufacturers, from the brands, uh, the people that are working, I guess, in marketing, uh, product photography, all of these different related industries. Uh, You know, this is just a big, big portion, I guess, of things that are being exported from Korea at the moment. Obviously, Korea as a country does not have a whole heap of natural resources. Uh, It's quite a small country too, really, in comparison to other places. Uh, For my Aussies out there, to put it in perspective, this one blew my mind when I found it out. Korea is about the size of Tasmania, which is In most Australians' minds, we think of it as just like, oh, this tiny little island off the coast of Australia. Well, that's the size of Korea. So that is uh, pretty impressive for a country of that size. So yeah, that was in the headlines this week. So I thought I would share it with you guys. Now, we had a really interesting question come through from one of our listeners, and she was asking a few questions, but I thought I would just pick one of them to answer for this week, all around, I guess, uh, sustainability in packaging uh, and recycling and things like that. And one of the questions that she asked was, which Korean beauty brands use recycled plastic? And this one I actually had to take a look into because it's really not that much of a common claim by many Korean beauty brands that I know of. Uh, I do know that a lot of them use recycled paper in their boxes. uh, And a couple just that come to mind when I think of recycled boxes are Innisfree, Revectin, Purito, 
all of those companies claim that they are using recycled paper for their boxes. Uh, so I had a sort of a look around at what's going on on the ground here in terms of recycled plastics. And one of the first things I came across was an article that was mentioning how much more expensive uh, it is to make recycled plastics, uh, not just in Korea, globally, but the prices of the materials are going up a lot. There are some local companies that are investing in plastic recycling plants, uh, and a lot of Korean companies are also stepping up their efforts to use recycled plastic as well. You will recognize some of these names, Hyundai, Samsung, LG, Hanwha, you might not know, but a very, very big conglomerate in Korea, and also Lotte. So all of those companies are really uh, interested, I guess, in this area. Now, in terms of K-beauty companies that use uh, you know, post-consumer recycled plastic, PCR plastic. Again, you know, it's just not that common, but there are some products that are doing it. And the easy way to, I guess, uh, work out who those companies are is if you have a look at the actual uh, bottle, the plastic bottle that you have in your hand, what I've noticed is that they will often say, that the product is P using PCR plastic next to the recycling symbol. And then they will also tell you how much of the product is uh, PCR. So it'll say something like PCR-25% or PCR-100%. So J-Soup, which is a popular local uh, hair product line, they apparently use some uh, PCR in their Clean J line. Uh, Aromatica claims that they use recycled glass and PCR plastic for their products. Uh, for some of their products, I don't think they're 100%, but they are, you know, uh, dedicated to it and another brand called the Phi as well. Uh, now Amore Pacific Group is another one that obviously has the kind of uh, capital to be able to invest in this kind of thing on a big scale and they actually announced last year that they were going to partner with GS Caltex to recycle a hundred tons of Amore Pacific's plastic bottles every year, turn them into compounded resin and then apply that to cosmetic containers. Uh, so they are also a company that has been starting to incorporate some PCR plastics into their uh, products as well. There are other companies that are looking into paper tube packaging, uh, and that is to reduce their reliance on plastic. Uh, More Pacific is one of them. Uh, another company called G-Coop rolled out a vegan lipstick line that has paper-based packaging as well. So the other thing that I had a look in into is I know in January last year the Korea Cosmetics Association launched what they're calling 2030 Cosmetics Plastic Initiative and what they're doing or what they're trying to do is to do away with materials that are not recyclable by 2030. So that initiative was joined by lots of the big companies, uh, the big conglomerates. L'Oreal was one of them, LG Household and Healthcare and also Aekyong. So again Again, these are big companies, not so much the, the, you know, on the smaller end of the market. So I think in a nutshell, it is probably safe to say that while efforts towards sustainability are being made, 
I think particularly when it comes to things like PCR plastics, this area of the industry is still very much in its infancy. Uh, I know we've been talking, you know, a little bit uh, on the show over the last year or so about the kind of sustainability measures that I'm seeing uh, and things, you know, that people are doing on the ground. The things that I think are probably more um that I'm seeing a little bit more of is things like refill stations and refillable products and things like that. Uh, and, you know, trying to incorporate, uh, you know, paper and things like that into products to reduce the reliance on packaging. Uh, I will obviously keep you guys updated as, you know, when I see new things that are coming onto the market. And I, I did point out to uh, our listener as well when she contacted me, I said, I think one of the really big differences that I see between uh, Korea and the local market here versus other countries is just how much more robust the recycling program is in Korea uh, and in terms of the the types of things that actually get recycled. So we have uh, the ability, I guess, to recycle a lot more than I see certainly other countries doing. And I know when I go and do like my own personal recycling, it takes a little bit of time because not only do I need to separate out soft plastics, hard plastics, styrofoam, uh, in one of the places it's slightly different per goo. So every goo, uh, which is basically like an administrative little zone in Seoul, has a slightly different recycling policy, which can be slightly confusing and a little bit annoying. But I know that one of the goos that I used to have to recycle in, which was Mapo goo, uh, they even recycle down to uh, coloured plastics. So we had to separate our clear plastics from our coloured plastics. And coloured includes things like white and black and all different colours like that. So we do, it's very safe to say, a lot more uh, a refined uh, recycling than in other countries. I know certainly in Australia it was literally just black bin, which is general rubbish, and then in Queensland where I was from we had the yellow bin and that was literally all your recycling just chucked in there. And, you know, a lot of times people didn't really know 100% what they were recycling, so you'd throw all this stuff in there, whereas in Korea it's like you have to clean everything out. It can't have any food waste on it. So, you know, if you've had some yogurt, you need to wash out all the yogurt and make sure that the the package is 100% clean before you recycle it. You know, that was not a thing that really was in my consciousness in Australia. Like, I don't think I was ever told that, oh, you have to really, you know, clean everything out first (laughs) before you throw it in the bin. So I think that is a big difference between Korea and other countries in general. Uh, But obviously, Korea has all the same kind of problems that other countries have in terms of just the sheer amount of waste. Uh, You know, obviously, the most uh, sustainable thing is to buy less products. If you buy less, then we don't need to recycle as much. Uh, That, I think, is the key takeaway for any sort of discussion about, you know, recyclability, sustainability. The key takeaway basically is buy less. So, you know, have a think about what you actually really need in your routine. And if there are stuff, you know, in there, steps in there that you just don't need, don't buy them. That's the best way to, you know, obviously care for the environment. So I hope that answered part of your question. I know there were there were more in there and I will look into them and and, and get into, a, you know, a bigger episode on sustainability. But I, I thought let's just start there for now. 
Now, before we go and take a look at some new K-Beauty releases, I did want to read out one of the reviews that was left for the show. So this reviewer uh, said, Best K-Beauty Podcast There Is by A Mills 83 If you love K-Beauty, look no further. You've found your podcast. Lauren is so knowledgeable and fun to listen to and shares such a wide mix of topics, brand and trend shares, and also shares what is going on in Korean culture. Such a fun listen. I always learn so much and look forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yay, two days of episodes now. One thing I appreciate is that Lauren does have her own brand, but I have never felt like she is only talking about that or only promoting her own business. She shares all brands and products and gives honest feedback. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for leaving your review. Uh, It would be a very short show, I think, indeed, if we were only talking about uh, Jellico, particularly because at the moment we only have two products. So I really appreciate that. Uh, And I would, of course, love for you guys to share your reviews uh, as well. There are lots of different ways to leave them, including your podcast app. You can do it on Styles Stories Facebook page, which is stylestory.au, and also on Google reviews for Style Story. I will leave the links below if you would like to do that. I would love to read your review out. All right, now on to some of the new product releases that we have on our website at the moment. And the first one, this one has been selling like hotcakes. We only just released it and it has been really popular. It is Benton's honest eyelash serum. So I don't know about you guys, but I love a good eyelash serum. Uh, I find, you know, particularly if you wear things like mascara, if you have treatments to your lashes, maybe you do eyelash extensions, maybe you're doing tinting, lifting, perming, anything like that, you will know it can make them really, really brittle. And I always hate it when I see my eyelashes falling out because I'm like, no, I like I need you guys. Where are you going? So I myself am a massive fan of eyelash serums uh, and they're not all made alike. I think uh, one of the things that I notice or that I find myself sort of being a little bit picky about is the kinds of brush that the, the, the products use because they're not all as good as everything else. So let's get into this product. This one, as you would expect with most eyelash serums, what it's designed to do is to strengthen, enhance, and nourish your lashes. It does that with a combination of peptides and essential amino acids, and that's basically to help thicken your eyelash root. Obviously, if the root is weak, you're not going to get very far, so that's what this one is trying to do. And it also has soft brushes and an all-in-one ball applicator for easy application, and that's also good for reducing irritation around the eyes as well. Uh, So this is a really nice, cheap and cheerful product too. It's not going to set you back. I know some of the eyelash serums can run really, really high. Like they can get quite expensive. So this one is not like that. It is a transparent and kind of a watery liquid formula. Uh, It dries quickly on your eyelashes as well. So some of the key ingredients, like I mentioned, it's got two types of peptides. It's got 17 amino acids and then also uh, Camellia sinensis leaf extract 
product, which is green tea. So some nice ingredients in that one as well. So that one's from Benton. And then the other product of theirs that we recently released onto the Star Story website is Benton's Goodbye Redness Centella Spot Cream. So this is the kind of cream that is going to be really great to use after you've had a breakout. So when your skin is just a little bit sensitive, irritated, you know, stressed out. This is the kind of cream that you can apply afterwards. It contains Centella Asiatica, so Sika, tea tree, and also calamine. It's got 42% of Centella Asiatica, which you know I've spoken about so many times on the show. Hero ingredients, so popular in K-beauty and perfect for occasions like this when your skin is just, you know, having a bit of a freak out and it's already sort of weakened. Calamine is another really, really great, maybe sometimes an overlooked ingredient, I think. Uh, This one contains 10% and this can be really, really good for troubled and irritated skin. Uh, It also has two of the oils in it. One is tea tree oil and the other one is peppermint oil. Now I know that sometimes people can get a little worried when they see ingredients like this in uh, a formula and think oh no 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 tea tree oil like that's no good or it's too harsh but again as we've spoken about many times on the show what is the most important thing when it comes to these is the formulation, a well-balanced formulation. And the other thing is a lot of the sensitivities that you will see reported on when it comes to tea tree oil are being talked about when you are using a pure tea tree oil. And that is not what this is. Obviously, it's blended into, you know, a a formula, so with a lot of other different ingredients. So I think, you know, the addition of, of an oil like this in a product like this is going to be beneficial to help with things like the marks left over after your blemishes and to help really help just try and calm down the skin so don't be put off by that you know if you've if you've ever used a a a pure oil that is quite a different thing to using a product that contains you know a small amount of these kind of oils in the product itself Uh, so they are two new products to go and check out i'll leave the links below so the first one was benton's honest eyelash serum and then the second one their goodbye redness centella spot cream Now, the other thing we have had is a couple of new reviews left on the Style Story website for some products. So I thought I would share them with you so that you know what people are liking, what they are, you know, the experience basically that they had with the products. So the first one is for April B's Blackout Cleansing Oil. And this was a five-star review. And our reviewer said, cleansing yet so, so hydrating. I was a little dubious when I first went to buy an oil cleanser. I really didn't want to overload my pores with too much oil and break out. But this product does the complete opposite. It melts away makeup, sunscreen, and all of the other pollutants that end up on my face every day. I use it as the first step in cleansing and I love it. The scent isn't too overwhelming and the texture feels silky and super hydrating. Love, love, love. So I think this is such a common thing that I hear over and over again, particularly from people that do maybe have oily skin. The thought of using, you know, an oil on their face is just like, well, that sounds silly. Why would I do that? So I'm really happy to hear that uh, our reviewer also went in a little bit, you know, uh, dubious and then came out going, okay, I can, I can see what this type of product is supposed to do. That's basically what they do do in a nutshell. Uh, and it, uh, cleansing oils, particularly for people with oily skin, 
a great way to use them is as the first step of your two-step cleanse. You won't be left more oily after you do that. So I'm really happy to hear that our reviewer had that experience. The second uh, review that we had was for Jellico's bubble tea steam cream and this was a five star review and our reviewer said a must-have moisturizer i was so glad to get a sample of jelly co moisturizer with a recent purchase of collagen cream the first use already got me hooked the texture is so smooth my face feels so soft and hydrated in the morning what's more is my 25 year old daughter had a sniff and tried it too now we both love it just purchased a full size and looks like it will be our regular item item among others. Love your podcast too, Lauren. A treasure and a pleasure to have a K-beauty queen of our own in Australia. Thank you very much for that review. And of course, I'm so glad that you liked the product. Now on to our recommendation of the week. This is, of course, a new little segment that I am trying out just to see if you guys like it or not. You'll have to let me know. So look, one of the Uh, channels on YouTube that I am a fan of and I have been watching for a few years is a channel called Asian Boss. Now, they don't just cover Korea. They cover a lot of other places in Asia as well. They do interviews in Japan, in China, in India. Uh, So, you know, they cover a range of different countries. But Korea is one of the uh, the countries that they cover in their beat. And basically what they do is, you know, if something is breaking in the news, maybe you know like for example the presidential election they went out and asked people a series of questions if someone famous in Korea dies they might go out and they just stand on the street and have a set series of questions that they ask to the people that are walking by and I just think it's a really good resource to get a feel for what the average person on the street in Korea actually thinks about you know topical social and political issues Uh, You know, I think they tend to speak to a different range of people of various ages. And the other thing is that the people are actually responding to the questions in Korean and then there are English translations. So I feel like people are able to express themselves a lot more freely in their native language. Whereas, you know, if you were to go out on the street and try and ask people questions in English, that would naturally skew like the results. So I don't know. Some people are critical of the channel and they don't like. It and I just don't really, I don't really understand that criticism. You know, I wouldn't use it as my sole source of news or my sole source of, you know, you know, a definitive answer for what people think about something. But I also, I also just think that, you know, the range of responses that you see is pretty generally indicative of the kinds of responses you would see among, you know, regular people in everyday society. So I personally find it really interesting. It's also a good resource if you are looking to practice your speaking skills, because people answer in very, very, casual, everyday language, uh, you know, with all of their usual ticks and things like that, which is not the same as, you know, if you're trying to learn Korean from a textbook or a CD or something like that. So it's also a really good resource for people that are, you know, trying to get better at Korean as well. So go and check out. It's Asian Boss. Uh, they have a YouTube channel. I think they have a Facebook page. They probably have an Instagram page as well. Uh, but that's just one that I personally enjoy. Uh, I would love to know if you enjoy it. Have have you ever followed it along before? Go and check it out and let me know what you think. Now, 
I have a really exciting episode for you guys I think you will like on Thursday, and that is a list of the best K-beauty dupes and product swaps that I have found so far in 2022. So if you like dupe episodes, if you like to hear about, you know, product swaps and things like that, then stay subscribed so that you don't miss Thursday's deep dive episode. I will be back with that shortly. And until then, I will see you on Star Story. Bye.